and welcome to another episode of Endurance Minded. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. Uh, and on this episode, we have Nikki Kimball. Um, Nikki Kimball, uh, if you're not familiar with the world of ultra running, uh, is a prolific uh, athlete um, in, in the world of ultra distance running. Um, she is um, three-time Western States 100 champion, uh, winner of the Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc, She's uh, first place at the Marathon de Saab as recently as 2018. Uh, she took second place at the Hard Rock 100, um, among other things like a 50-mile trail national championship um, in 2003, 2004, and 2005, a 50-mile road national championship in 2005. Um, she's gone on to, to do um, all kinds of incredible things and has been a, a prolific um, racer and athlete in the uh, in the world of ultra distance running, and so uh, as you can imagine, I was very excited to sit down and chat with her. Um, I was lucky enough to have this conversation with Nikki in person, which is always fun uh, to be able to sit down with someone one on one. And over and above uh, her tremendous athletic accomplishments um, are really her uh, what she's done for uh, for mental health um, she's been very vocal and outspoken about her own battles with depression and how she's used running to uh, to combat uh, some of her own struggles um, using exercise uh, as medicine um, she's also been very uh, active uh, in helping others with their um, with their struggles in mental health and depression. So um, she, she was really, really fantastic to talk to. Um, she, she's drawing from a, a tremendous experience uh, and background as an athlete. Um, she's also uh, a physical therapist, um, very, very knowledgeable, uh, not only about the world of endurance sports, uh, but also, again, uh, in the world of, of mental health and her advocacy in that space. Um, so extremely exciting to talk to her. We, we had a great chat, and I, I think there's um, there's going to be a lot of takeaways for folks that are listening. As always, uh, thomasendurancecoaching.com for anything that we talk about on Endurance Minded. Um, we, uh, we've been adding a lot of great content to the blog. The coaches are uh, putting out some really timely information on, um, on, on how to, to treat the, uh, the, the winter season and, and how to make sure that you're your best self through this time of year. So check that out. Um, thanks so much. Enjoy my conversation with Nikki Kimball. How's it going? Good. Good. Going well. So, uh, yeah, tell us, uh, tell us who you are and what you're, uh, what you're, what you're into. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Nikki Kimball. Um, have, I ran ultras for 20 years and hope to get back after a series of accidents. Um, and basically run all around the world and, um, really like to pair my running, um, I guess my, my running infamy with um, with mental health um, causes. Um, I'm very early on speaking about my history with depression um, through you know in media, uh, you know through running, and so right. um, and I've sort of come to combine my physical therapy life with my running life, with my coaching life, with my mental health advocacy life, and um, yeah, they all kind of it's. Just, kind of nice synergy yeah yeah it's kind of uh it's kind of hard i think to maybe like separate you know like people think about we were just talking about this earlier but 
people try to separate all of those aspects of like, you know, like quote unquote ultra distance sports where you're like, okay, I'm going to run. Like there's a training aspect and that's like one basket. Right. And then there's like the mental health piece and that's like another basket. Right. But to, I think day in and day out, like as an athlete, we just go to like execute, you know, and try to try to run and try to maintain that training load. I think, you know, you have to like lump it all together. Right. Like I feel yeah, like it does all go together and, yeah. and, you know, and I think you're seeing that even in um, in being a healthcare professional. I mean, I'm not in the mental health, you know, I'm not a mental health expert or professional, um, but I do speak at um, meetings of psychiatrists and um, ultra running medicine because the physical therapy, the physical therapy is extremely um, linked to running because we do tend to get injured a bit. Um, and I think um, all, all of healthcare is getting better at understanding that neurology and dietetics and physical medicine and physical therapy and all of these things, it is all one. You can't have health on one level and not another. Right. And they all, they're all really important and really, um, really combined. Yeah. I, I see that a lot with athletes, you know, where I think, um, well, one, I think a lot of people just really struggle, and you know, I'd be interested to hear your take on this because I think a lot of people struggle to admit that um, that every day isn't a great day, right? Like we think that, or certainly in our minds, we we want it. We want to wake up and we want to feel super motivated. We want to feel strong. And we want to feel secure and confident. And I think, truthfully, in my experience, most days are the opposite, right? Like right. You, you wake up and you're not as motivated as you'd like to be, or you are in kind of a dark place or you're, and then those demons kind of follow you around and then they kind of weigh you, you know, if you're not processing them or kind of giving them the respect they deserve, they, uh, they can really drag you down. Or if you don't, you know, if you don't know what to do with those, you know, right. quote unquote demons, um, you know, what's your kind of process for like, how do you cope with you know those days where you wake up and you're just like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, those everyday days that you wake up and things are bad. Like, I think having a long history with major depressive disorder, those days that you wake up are nothing compared to a bout of depression. Right. So, um, but I think you hit on it when you're like, you know, people don't want to admit that they have days when they're unmotivated. Even very mentally healthy people have days where they're not motivated. I mean, it's just a human right. thing. And depression is kind of just a massive exaggeration of, of that. I mean, I think most, most physical injuries and most mental health things are just exaggerations of, of, of a normal, of something that everybody experiences. Right. And, um, so, you know, I think one of the things, if I'm if I'm in an under motivated state, not a depressed state, but just not motivated, you know, I shy away from um, any looking at social media. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that we're seeing a lot of problems with trying to adjust. I mean, we evolved to a certain world, and it's not the world we live in. Right. And trying to adjust to this world where people are, po you know, you're not posting. Oh my god, I couldn't even cook breakfast this morning. Like you're not posting right. that. You're posting, yeah. hey, I just ran up to the top of Baldy. You know, right. and it's yeah. um, so. So I think staying away from that's super helpful. And then um, a high school coach I had, one of his things for just those days where you're just kind of not great that every you know that everybody experiences is 
run for 10 minutes. Right. You know, just yep. go out for 10 minutes. If you still are just not motivated, that's a day you shouldn't run. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, talking about me when I'm, when I'm healthy, um, that's very true. I mean, maybe twice in my life I've gone out for 10 minutes and been like, no, it's just, I'm still not happy. Right. Um, and you know, when, you know, and being just in a very healthy, normal state. Um, and those days I'm wondering, I kind of wonder, you know, was that a day I was going to get sick? <laughs> was you know, yeah, was sure. like, was I down because I just physically wasn't quite there and I needed a rest day. And I think, you know, uh, I think people really like to talk about how much they train right. and, um, oh, well the training schedule says I need to do this. Well, if you're, brain if, if that mood or that that motivation just isn't there that that's a really early sign of of overtraining so you kind of right. want to listen to that yeah we don't want to get to the point where you never go out but yeah that's a that i mean that balance is really tough i think for a lot of people that like how do you finding that line right where like some days like you said like yeah, like maybe you're not feeling your best, but you get out and you kind of shake it off and you feel okay and right. you can kind of move forward. And then like just on the on the wrong side of that is the day where you need to, to rest, right? So balancing that like you're not going to feel great every day and some days you just need to get out, right? And certainly like even more so with like ultra and stuff. I mean, there's such a mental component that it's, there's almost, I mean, I always say like there's a lot of kind of value in that. Like, okay, like you almost kind of want to show up on the days that it, that you don't feel hundred percent cause you're not gonna, you're gonna have those dark periods during a race too. Um, but I think that's really hard for a lot of people is like, how do you, that balance, right? Like, like you said, like they're so focused on their training. So maybe they push too hard and you get like injury overtraining, right. burnout. But then like, if you're too kind of polite to yourself, right. Then you're, then you're not, then you're right. not fit, right. You're not doing like the right. Uh, yeah. I just think that's, do you, do you have a, uh, do you just kind of play it by ear or you have like an equation or do you like, do you feel like you're kind of tuned in enough where you could just kind of make that call? Yeah. I mean, I was uh, very well coached in cross country skiing and biathlon um, up until I was 22 or so, 21, 22. Um, so I've had a lot of good coaching, you know, my graduate degrees in physical therapy. Um, so I've had a lot of, um, you know, my biomechanics knowledge is solid and my physiology to knowledge could be better. Um, but, but I've studied this stuff, you know, not just as an athlete, but as, you know, a graduate student. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I kind of like I have in my mind, you know, I sort of know the, the, the elements of training physiologically and mechanically that I need to do. Right. Um, and yeah, it is, it is about how, kind of how I feel. I don't, I don't have a coach. I never had a coach through my ultra running career. Um, and so it really was self, all self-guided, but I think I was just so hungry to run and am so hungry to run that the motivation wasn't really a problem. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, you get like four sunny days in a row and you're like a Kate border collie if you don't go out and train. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, you know, then, then you get, you know, seven days of rain in a row and then you get a little low, you know, so yeah, and I, I kind of look at what are the, what's the situation I'm in, you know, if it's the seventh day of solid rain, um, then I know that that lack of motivation is the weather. It's not me. I mean, you get to, you get to the point where you kind of get an idea of, right. You know? Yeah. So for you, like you had such a, and still do, but certainly like when you were, you were just running a, a bunch and did, 
like all of the big races, right? And so like what I think a thing that what I've seen as as a coach and, and even as an athlete, just as things ebb and flow, but um is just how to keep that kind of fire alive for longer periods of time. I see so many people that are just boom and bust, right? They yes. come in and they're really fired up and really motivated and, they, and and maybe everything's right. Maybe they listen to their body and they, they train right. They're mentally, you know, all the pieces, but they still like, they're kind of one and done, right? Right. And so like, I'm always curious, people that have had really long careers in very, in, in very challenging disciplines, how, uh, how, like, what was it? that kept you just excited and, and like, you know, yeah, that's a good question. I think that my generation of ultra runner, I mean, those of us who were running races in the 1990s, um, <laughs> uh, we, there wasn't as much sort of, uh, uh, there wasn't, there wasn't sort of the, everybody knows about this sport kind of thing. You weren't in it. Because, oh, well, I run this well, and, you know, if I, I'm going to get on the cover of some ultra magazine or everybody's going to know I'm going to be – I'm going to have the best Instagram posts or whatever. Right. There was none of that. I mean, all of us who were in it were in it because we loved to run. I mean, so my whole – you know, there wasn't – you didn't see that boom and bust thing. I mean, you saw people who had long, long careers ultra running, but we never would have called it a career. Right. Um, and, you know, who would be – running super well for a long time. And, but I think there are people who just live to run. Mm -hmm. There are people who just need for whatever reason, for physical health, for stress management, for mental health, whatever reason it is, or joy, just plain joy. Um, we're running for that reason. We're not running for results. Right. I mean, yeah, it was great being undefeated for seven years, but I wasn't <laughs> running with that plan plan right, in mind. Right. Like, um, that, you know, that, that happened because I love running and because I wasn't looking to win. I, I just, you know, it, it was more, it was just very organic. Yeah. I, that, I think you're, uh, I always, I, I talk a lot about, um, not, not necessarily on the podcast, but just with other athletes and coaches I talk to is just this idea of, you know, enjoying, you have to find joy in the process and it can't be linked to race results because that's just, you're setting yeah. yourself for, you know, like, like certainly we want to do well, right? If you're a competitive person, if that's why you're training by all means, like let's try to win races. Like that feels good or, you know, do as well as you can. But if that's your only measure of success or your only, you know, yardstick, it's just a, it's just a road to heartbreak, you yes. know, because especially with long races, they're so dynamic, you know, there's so much going on. That's oftentimes very much out of your control and so, yeah, that, like, just what you were saying, like, that you just, you just, you didn't do it for race results. And I think that's something that, um, I think, like, back to your point about, like, the social media and that, you know, there's so much of this, like, people are, are trying to, um, kind of find their, like, their why, right? Like, why they do it is is so they can like be on a podium because right? they see other people doing it. So they get their validation. So their community is kind of giving them this negative feedback, right? Where they're like, well, if you don't, if you don't take a podium picture, then you shouldn't even got out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Right. And like, that's, I mean, that's just, that's just awful. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so much joy, I think yeah, for me, even more so in just like the process of staying motivated and staying excited about whatever you're trying to accomplish. And yeah, great. If you do well in that race, that's, 
that's that's awesome. Right, but, but it is definitely secondary. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, granted, I ran professionally for a very very long time, but it's not like women got paid anyway of my generation. Right. Um, so you know, uh, you know, I was was also a you know professional physical therapist throughout my running career. Yeah. Um, so I think I didn't have I didn't have the opportunity that some people do now. Um, and I knew that you know a couple men in my generation made enough money to live off of, but very no women. Um, and so that was actually in, a, I mean, the, the reason for it is horribly sexist and awful, but the, 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 the actual fact that, you know, I could, um, you know, that I'd have to work full time while, you know, winning or work at least 25 hours a week while, you know, winning Western States and 50 mile championships and UTMB inside 11 weeks, you know, like, I still had to work. And I think that was actually really good because, mm-hmm. um, on those down days or those days where I'm just like, God, I'm just not running that well or whatever. Well, I've got somebody's shoulder to mobilize and I've got this other person who just got in a car accident and can't even walk. Right. Like, why am I whining that I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. that I'm, you know, an hour slower and a hundred mile than it, than I think I'm capable of, you yeah, know, it's just, right. it's just perspective. Sure. Um, so I, you know, if if running's your only, if running results are your only thing, yeah, it's, it's a, that'd be a really tough way to live. Yeah, I think you know, yeah, I mean, that just that idea of like perspective, right? If you, if the results side of things is your, um, like the lens through which you're looking at everything, it just really narrows your perspective, right? right? You're not taking in the full scope of what is going on, and then what. Um, the experiences that you could have access to outside of that race result, right? Because right. then you just, you finish, and if you didn't get, I mean, it's very, it's polarized, right? Yeah. It's black or white. You either did get the result that you wanted, say a right. win, or, or, and if you didn't, then that that tempers everything else right. about that experience. And that that can be really negative, right? I think that, and that the people that I see that are, that are boom and bust, like I said, I think, a lot of times they have that perspective, right? Where they're just kind of killing time until they get to a race and they're like, and they race and maybe it goes well or it doesn't. And then they essentially decide whether or not based on that singular result that they want to be involved in the sport anymore. You know, yeah. like, okay, great. Yeah. I imagine there is there, you know, I mean, I, I definitely think there's, there's some of that in it, but I, but I don't think that that's, uh, that, that, I, there, th- that defines ultra running. Like I think that ultra running is less like that than a lot of sports, sure. because you have to spend so much time out there. Right. And if in a hundred mile race with the people who do the sport, if you can't hear on that race some amazing story from someone you're running with, then you know, then I I wouldn't see the point of it. You know, I guess right. yeah. I guess like even if. I was super uh, uh, focused on just winning. Um, you know, e- even even then, you can kind of tear your goals so that okay, yeah, my first goal is to you know run a personal best or whatever. My second goal is to um, you know run within this time, and then my third goal, everything's you know okay, physically stuff's not going that well, is to find something really cool about someone I've never met before. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and when you're trying to attain that third goal because your race isn't going that well, you start chatting with someone and you lose that self, 
um, that self-focus and that narcissism and you kind of lose yourself in that other person's story. And then, wow, you know, 20 minutes later, Hey, I'm back where I was supposed to be on my goal. A, you know, right. I mean, so yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know how other people do it. Um, but I do know for myself, um, focusing on how beautiful it is or what the geology of the area I'm in or, um, you know, the story of somebody's religious upbringing or whatever it is, yeah. is, um, you know, that's the thing that allows me to get those performance goals mm -hmm. is because you can't mentally have your head in a race. I can't mentally have my head in a race for a hundred miles. I yeah. can't do it. Yeah. So those first 80 miles I'm governing my body and just trying to like, like see you, you know, well, Hey, it's Denise. I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you yeah. know, and we have this great talk for 20 miles. Um, and, and I think a lot of people in the sport are like that. And I think that, um, that before alternate got popular, I think I, I didn't really run into any people who were, you know, who would, like immediately Instagram, not that we had Instagram, but who would immediately tell everyone, Oh, I'm the new course record holder of this. You know? right. I'm like, yeah. you're really putting that on Instagram. That's horrible. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just like, you know, it just, it wasn't so individually focused. I mean, I think right. one of the most, one of the things that I love about this sport is that people, even, even fighting for a podium spot at a world championship you know, see somebody fall down and they're going to check on that person, you know, like they're going to, I mean, I remember being at Western States one year and, um, you know, past my peak, but I was still in the top three or so. And I had this really amazing looking fall that was really benign, but it looked really cool. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's just kind of suspended in the air and then sort of Pete rose my way down the hill and I was totally <laughs> fine. And Rory Basu was, uh, um, it was before she was on the North face team. And this is the reason I, I pushed the North face to have her on the team, uh, is, you know, we were, we were in third and fourth position and she stops and it takes me a while to get up. And I'm like, no, keep going. I know I'm fine. I'm like, and um, her, her pacer was a physical therapist. I'm like, your pacer's a physical therapist. Give me your pacer. You go, you know, <laughs> and she would not go until she could, I could prove that I could walk yeah. and, you know, cause it looked bad, but you know, and it was like, well, you know, that's what the sport's about. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, she knew she was, that this was going to be, you know, it was one of the best early races of her career, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 That, uh, you, I mean, certainly I, you're a hundred percent. I think, I mean, you know more about it than I do, but I, you know, I, as a ultra distance runner myself, I mean, that's one of the things that's always drawn me like back to the sport. I've done a lot of different disciplines and spent a lot of time on the bike and, um, and certainly like there's a mentality there and kind of a, a community that really helps to, um, helps to you know kind of set people up for success right yeah, like, there it's, is. it's not mm -hmm. just results oriented like even though right. even now it's hyper competitive in the times and you know some of these 100 mile races are just like blistering fast and you, you know like so certainly athletically they're they're very um uh competitive but even amongst all of that or within all that as soon as like you said like whether you're on the trail and something happens or right before and after everyone basically just hangs out together. Right. Uh, you know, and I think that's, that's what you don't see as much of in other disciplines in my experience. And that also helps to kind of, it, it, 
it gets in your head too. You know, it's hard to, um, it's hard to stay motivated when you feel like you're an outsider in your own sport, you know, right. if, I if, could if, totally if, see if, that. if you're in a discipline that, that fosters yeah. that environment, um, and, and maybe, you know, I'd say a, a lot of them do outside of, uh, ultra running. It's, uh, it's just hard to, you feel like you show up and essentially you're kind of being bullied, you know, yeah. right? Right? it's like, it's <laughs> right. like, it's like you're the kid that can't sit at the lunch table, right? Or, right. You know, and you get, you get, you know, moved down the line because no one wants you to sit with them. And, uh, it's hard to stay, stay motivated. I want to go back. I think one of the things you were talking about, like, um, there's like, you know, first goal, second goal, third goal. And that's one of my favorite things to talk about is this idea of like com- compartmentalization, right? Like when you at the onset of anything that's going to be hard, it's too much to, it's like, it's almost too much to think about, right? It's too much to consume. And so you can't, you can't stay, like you say, you can't stay in your head for a hundred miles. It's impossible. I would, I agree with you. Like I would say that's impossible or certainly maybe detrimental to your performance. Um, So you, you have these different goals, you know, those goals can shift, right? Like you might start with, uh, with, you know, goal a, you know, like, okay, this is going to be my goal for the first, you know, 50 miles or 50 K or whatever. Um, but then something happens, you feel good, you feel bad, you feel it gets hot, you know, and then you have to also be able to like move those goals around very fluidly yeah. like in real time. Um, and I, I wanted to just kind of get your thoughts on like how you, um, like how you went about that kind of, uh, or, or if you did at all, like that kind of fluidity when it comes to goals. Cause I, 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 it, I see it derail a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Cause they have this, they're like, this is my plan. Yeah. And then the plans never go as planned. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and so, but then when that happens, regardless of their maturity as a, as a racer, an athlete, a lot of people, it just, they're off the rails. Right. You know? And so, yeah. Like what did you, um, yeah, I'm just curious to get like, well, I'm guessing, and it definitely with me, but the, the most successful ultra runners are the ones who are flexible. Right. You know, like if, you freak out because your drop bag is in at mile 67. <clears throat> you're not doing yourself any favors. Right. If you're like, oh, that's funny. That'll be a better story. I mean, because think mm-hmm. about all the stories you tell about your running, your biking, whatever. Yeah. It's always about, oh, man, I had this sick crash. Yeah. And I rolled down this hill and broke my chain. And it was awesome. And, and even though in the time, it was horrible. Right. Um, like one of the things, one of my guys I was pacing and I coach, um, we were running. Uh, I was pacing him at Bighorn. And it was, you know, it was one of those bighorn days that hopefully is not going to happen next year where it's just solid mud. Similar. You know, you're up to your yeah. Was that this mud. past year? No, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, it's happened like yeah. two or three years ago. This around. past year yeah. was awful. I yeah. ran 15. Yeah, it was 18, 2018 yeah. was the year I was doing. But both years were pretty brutal. And, you know, and, and Tim was in a low spot. And I'm like, dude, think of the stories that are going to come out of this. Yeah. Like, if it's perfect weather, you're not going to have one story at the end of this race, <laughs> you know? But yeah. if you're covered in mud and you're, you know, and, you know, and you're watching somebody slide 20 feet off the trail, like, that's, you know, that's going to give you a story. Mm-hmm. And you'll never forget that time that you ran through, you know, all this nastiness. And so, um, if you can focus on like the ridiculousness of it when mm-hmm. it gets starts to get bad and think it's funny, yeah, the, and and you can see the humor. Even like it's so great. One of the gifts that people can have is to be able to see humor as it's happening, right. even when it's horrible. <laughs> you know, and I, I remember racing a, a 
this guy actually kind of taught me that, this, this Australian guy named Adam. He, uh, we were <laughs> running jungle marathon. We're going through the, we're going through this jungle, obviously. And there was a hornet's nest and these hornets are as big as your finger. They're just huge. Oh. And we see it and there is no way around it. We're in this group of, um, it's Tracy Garneau, me and then these three guys. And, um, all of us were from different countries and you, we saw it, we knew we were all going to get hit. And, and, um, you know, you hear this swearing in four different languages <laughs> and, and we sprint for like half a mile. I mean, I swear we were like on our top 800 meter times and, and then we stop and we're pulling stingers out of each other. And, um, and Adam said afterwards, he's like, even as that was happening, I saw the, the humor in the situation. I mean, all these huge welts. I mean, it really, really hurt. But I can't think of it without smiling now, even right. though it hurt like hell. And, um, <laughs> you know, and I was like, you know, that's the key is that he, I mean, he saw what the key to ultra running is. And that is being able to just laugh at the ridiculousness of it rather than letting it get you down oh guess what you know okay a bear ate my drop bag you know (laughs) that's a great story you know and I think I think thinking about that just makes the sport so much easier yeah you know you're not like oh my god that's going to cost me 20 seconds yeah (laughs) yeah no I I I'm so happy you said that because I think that's that's like my favorite thing about doing anything long and hard is like being able you, again the onset you know it's going to be ridiculous like it's yeah. you know even like the idea of of the sport of ultras and sports is is like kind of foolish right like it's such a long way like what you know almost yeah. like like why would you do it you know or like yeah. you know you're so i love and then i i always just think it's great when it's uh like when it's so ridiculous like so yeah. at bighorn this year um i was just doing the 50 as a tune-up for 100 uh, that I was doing a, f- uh, a few weeks later. Anyway, it's it, so it dumped snow the night before. <laughs> yeah. um, we had gotten reports of how muddy and awful it was, and uh, and then they because it was so muddy, they pushed back. They pulled back the start to uh, like an hour or something earlier than it was supposed to be, and it already started at like five. So now it started at four, where they had to take a shuttle. Yeah. So we ended up we got up at one in the morning, and uh, my buddy had uh, had like a, a van. Uh, that we could get inside of and like make coffee and we had slept for you know like an hour or something. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we got up and we were in the van and we're making coffee and we both just start laughing because it's like it's freezing cold <laughs> and it's we're both just deliriously tired already and and we're just like what you know i mean you have to laugh and we ended up i mean it was foolishly muddy like yeah, yeah literally like four points of contact like sliding yes, exactly. down so you also had to like put all of our kind of ideas of what the pace for the day was going to be yep. you know, we had these like grand plans to go out and like try to run you know fast for us and then it, i mean we were just hours yeah. off of our time because yep. it was so foolish our feet were wrecked you know like <laughs> i mean we were like 10 miles in like everybody's feet were just destroyed yeah. and um it, and like the whole time we just had the best day it was like because it was everything was fluid you're like oh, yep. well now the day is different right yep. like we had yep. all season we had like thought about this race or certainly the early part of the season and we trained and we put in the time. We all felt good. And um, it was me and two other guys. And uh, and then and then the, it all fell apart, basically. Yep. You know, it's fine. Yeah. It's still and a great what day. beautiful lesson for life. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, when is life going to be smooth? You yeah. know, you're, you know, you're going to get in a car wreck. You're going to lose your job. You're going to, you know, like these things. Yeah. And, you know, 
if you can't handle them in a hundred miles, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not going to handle life real well, I yeah. think. And, and I feel like just, oh, it's just so many lessons. And I know a lot of people, you know, uh, notice that, you know, notice the, the parallels between life and ultra running. Right, right. Uh, but it's, it's a really cool thing. And the skills you, the skills that make you succeed in life are the ones that make you succeed in right. running. And I just, yeah. that's so fun. Yeah, I agree. No, I think it's so great. I always, and I always tell people like, um, you said like, you know, just kind of like skills for, for life, but I always say like, you know, in the scheme of things, it it's not that long, right? So say right. like you have a really bad day at a hundred and it takes you a day and a half or something, right? right? And, or, or even a great day, like it's just, maybe it's your first hundred and you're just trying to complete it and you have 36 hours to do it right. you do, and it takes you, like that's okay. That's a long time to move. Like it's a day and a half. But it's like, a day and a half. but it's a day and a half compared <laughs> to your whole life. Like, and, and I've always made the joke, like, or kind of like, you know, I guess tongue in cheek, like, even as bad as that is, like, you go back probably to like a hotel room, right? right. You go one shower and a meal, and like, you take a, you know, go to bed, you, and you wake up the next morning, and maybe you're groggy and sore, but like, you're fine, right? right? And you can, and you, if you have the luxury to get to this race to push yourself in that environment, well, then you probably have the luxury, like, you know, take it easy at work for the first part of the week, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's really And not, it is luxury. I mean, we, yeah. it is a luxury to be able to ultra run. Right. And, you know, I, I, when people talk about the pain cave and suffering, I'm like, you are not suffering. Right. If you are in a war-torn area and you just watched your best friend get, you know, blown up by a landmine, you're suffering. Right. Like, nobody, I don't see how one could suffer in a race we pay to pay do, to do this right. yeah. you know like it is not suffering yeah. and i i just don't see it that right. way i mean um i i think that juxtaposition of physical discomfort and deprivation with feeling great is what makes feeling great feel so great it's so yes it's uncomfortable and yes it's uh, and yes we're putting ourselves in that position because what we get out of it is so great yeah. Um, but it, it's not suffering. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've always made the argument like, you know, I, this has been said before, I have, you know, by authors and writers. So, but like, you know, you, you, you can't feel comfortable until you've been uncomfortable. Right. right? You can't enjoy. How like, could you? Yeah. So like, what, how do you, you can't, like, unless you've been cold, like warmth doesn't matter unless right. you've been hungry, tired, you know, not like, and again, like none of those things at the level or capacity of people that are actually suffering, right? Right. So like it's not so like we, we paid to be there. Even, yep. I mean, even if and you're... And we're rich enough to be able to waste the calories it takes. Right. I mean, you yeah. just think about how abundant the world we're living in in this time right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no way, you know, a hundred years ago in a place that was, you know, maybe on the verge of famine that you would go that you would have the luxury to go out and run that much and burn those calories for no purpose yeah yeah Um, we uh that's that's a great point i've never really thought about that but yeah just like the idea of just like the caloric need uh to like did you have you just have access to all this food to just be able to like really kind of you know i guess selfishly just burn through calories for your own pursuits to then refill with the best food that you have access yeah. to. And I all. can see that being really offensive to anybody who's faced sort of starvation. Right. Yeah. Like really you're going out and doing that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like if like, what are you, what are you running from? Right. You know, yeah. like, oh, nothing. You're just running for yourself. Cause you have this free time. Now you can go train. And... Right. You're actually running towards something, but you're, <laughs> you know, eating 800 potatoes a day to do it rather than, you know, like, you know, just having that one a day that you can get just because that's all you get. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's, <laughs> oh man, yeah, that puts it in perspective. You know, I've never, I've never thought about that. We've, uh, we, we've had that uh, conversation before with just running partners and of mine where it's just, uh, you know, <laughs> this idea that like, um, especially with running is uh, like tongue in cheek again, like laughing yeah. at ourselves. Yeah. Cause we're like, oh yeah, running's uh running's very simple. All you need is, and then we would list all the money it takes. <laughs> right. to be, like, okay, great. Like ultra running. It's so pure. And so, you know, certainly a lot of that is true. We're like, all right. you need is, um, you need a $150 pair of shoes that you're going to burn up every, you know, four <laughs> to six weeks or whatever. You need your race vest, you need your food, you need a truck to get you to where you're going. You need time off of work. You need, you know, blah, 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 yeah. you, like, so yeah, running's, uh, ultra running's very pure. All you need is like $10,000 of expendable income, right. uh, and tons of free time. And yeah, you can, you can run hundred milers. Exactly. You know, exactly. I, we just always were just joking, you know, and of course and you it can, was fun back in the nineties and 2000 aughts that, that it, you really could do it very simply, right. I, and I and I and people still do. Sure, right. Uh, but yes, you still are. It's still a luxury, even if you have that time off and the extra calories to do it. But um, but yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just think it's funny that people are like, "Oh my gosh, I have to get the right drop on my shoe," and I'm like, <laughs> and I, "You know, I'm a physical therapist. Like, I've, I've looked at research, and there was this one paper that was just brilliant." Um, in a podiatric journal and they looked at all these variables of shoes and um, the only thing that correlated with injury was if the shoe fit. That right. was the only right. thing. You just don't get the wrong size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and so, you know, all these companies are trying to say, well, you need our vest or our this or our that. And it's like, no, we used to do 100 mile races in cotton tees, cotton yeah. shorts, and a water bottle that we held in our hand. Right. Like, that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you can. And it's just, you know, but also runners do tend to have some expendable income and we want to geek out on something. Right. And, you just know, gear nerds. And yeah, yeah. 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 I know. I, I always, uh, you know, I always try to like have a little bit of perspective when it comes to that stuff or like, yeah, whoever did this before, you know, wherever you're at in, in, in your progression as an athlete or time period, like whoever did this before you did it much simpler, right? Yeah. Like wherever you're at, like you can always be like, well, these people were successful yeah. with, 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 you know, different equipment, you know, right. less, uh, less comfortable equipment, right. whether you're on a bike or you're running or you're swimming or whatever, Absolutely. you know, like these people did amazing feats in all of these disciplines not being very comfortable, right? Or certainly yeah. being much less Climbing Everest and hopping yeah, and wolves and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, I mean, so I always, as much as you, and then you get in your head where like you have to have these things right. to, be, to be successful, right? You have to have the right shoes. Right. If you don't have those shoes and they're not, and they have, you know, 30 more miles on them than they're supposed to, then that's going to be what sets off a chain reaction where right. you just fail. Right. No, like, you know, your, your body is resilient. Like certainly if you're an ultra- distance athlete you you have a tremendous capacity to like you know handle abuse yeah right and so yeah. like yeah the shoes your vest if you take in a different gel at the wrong time you know like i try to tell athletes i'm like like just switch it like do a thing that is different than just to make sure your body is not so like you don't want to be this like perfectly fine-tuned right. little so like if you like you said like your drop bag has moved 100 mm -hmm. yards the mm -hmm. whole thing falls apart and like you know, ants get in your, that happened right. one time where like they put it in like an ant pile, all my food in my job bag was just destroyed. And I was like, well now this thing, you know, so I had to eat whatever they had, which yeah. was, you know, peanut butter sandwich and it was fine. Right. But like, 
not letting that get in your head and be like, it's good. Like, I'm just going to, you know, right. we'll eat this thing or we'll drink this thing. Or we'll and it's so funny when you look back at yourself because, you know, it's like I, I love being very flexible. But then I look back at myself in some races where I was just, you know, the where I did let it get to me. And I'm like, yeah. you idiot. Like, yeah. No, I mean, we've all... you know, all, but, but also when you're at that point in your race where everything's pretty low, like it does bring you back to very childlike action. I mean, sure. like you start crying at, at nothing and you start yeah. and you get upset and your voice raises an octave and all of that. Like that's just, you know, that's because of the state you're in. And so, so it's fun to look at it and laugh, but you also have to cut yourself some slack. Like, right. yeah, I was kind yeah. of bitchy at that age station, but <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> my easy. leg was falling off. Right. It's easy for me to like talk about perspective now when I'm like comfortable and not, you know, like, yeah. when you're yep, in those moments, nice fire going. Yeah, like, when you're in the, when you're in the moment, I mean, I've, I think we've all been there and I, you know, I've been uh, a pain in the ass to yep. the aid, you know, or to right. the crew and been, you know, or been like, frustrated because I didn't have some gel that I thought I need, you know, like, right. so yeah, like, and you're even more that way to your family when they're crewing, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you'd be you, nicer to me than you would be to your wife. Right. You know? Yeah. No, you feel like you can get away with more with the people that like understand you yeah. more, which is, you know, it should be the opposite, I guess, really, but it is, the yeah. or you shouldn't be an asshole regardless, but you, you are, you <laughs> yeah, <know? exactly. laughs> um, yeah, no, that's uh, oh, I love that. That's awesome. Um, well, cool. That's a good. Uh, that's a good note to end on. I think we'll. Uh, you know, that's a great. Yeah. That's a great takeaway. For you know, be be nice. Enjoy, exactly. enjoy the experience. It's a luxury, uh, <laughs> and know that it's. Uh, you know, again, you, you signed up and paid to be there, and uh, it's it's not a. You know, it's a. It's a, it's a happy problem to have to be, uh, you know, in, to be quote unquote suffering yeah. <laughs> in, 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 a, in oftentimes beautiful environments. Right. Right. Where, you know, in this catered long run. Yeah. Well, yeah. With eight stations every six miles with people that volunteer their time to get out there to service you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, Nikki. I enjoyed the chat. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, that was really fun. Thanks again for tuning in to Endurance Minded. Hope you enjoyed my chat with Nikki. Uh, no denying she is a force to be reckoned with uh, in the world of endurance sports. Uh, she's been battling some injury. Hopefully she'll be back uh, healthy very soon. And I have no doubt she has plenty of uh, incredible accomplishments ahead of her uh, to add to her long, long list of things she's already uh, already done in the world of ultra endurance running. Um, also just tremendous insight into uh into the world of mental health how, how depression and mental health um and and ultra endurance sports um combine and, and how they interact and, and how really exercise can be medicine and how it can be used to combat some of these issues that that, that in in many ways we all have um regardless of whether or not we're, we're clinically depressed or, or have uh, struggles with other mental issues, um, we, we're not our, our best self on every single day, and, and that's okay. And knowing how to deal with that, um, what to do uh, when we need to find motivation, knowing when to call it, when to make the decisions um, that are going to, to benefit us in the long run. And, and uh, Nikki's insight in, into those topics was something that I, I really value and it was it was a, a pleasure uh, and and really an honor to sit down uh, with someone who uh, who has such a tremendous um, 
uh, such tremendous clout in, in the world of endurance sports. Um, again, thomasendurancecoaching.com. Um, check us out. We, we've got a lot going on uh, through the winter uh, and into the new year. Uh, some exciting things uh, coming up. Um, so stay tuned. Um, again, the blog, reach out to a coach, uh, check out our podcast there. Um, we're always trying to make it uh, an exciting place and a, and a resource uh, for expert advice um, in the world of endurance sports. So thomasendurancecoaching.com. And as always, thanks for tuning in, listening to me, and we will see you next time.